Welcome back to Masters of Support. I am your host, Vanessa Gates, and today I have with me president of Inflow CX, Adam Rennert. Adam, thanks so much for being here with me today. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited as well, too. You know, we have this great partnership, so it's so great to have you here today. Before we get started, um, I like to start this podcast with just a little icebreaker so that our listeners could get to know our guests a little bit better. Um, I like to base the icebreaker on our Playbox core values and specifically the one about enjoy the little things. So Adam, outside of being the president at Inflow, what are some of the little things you like to enjoy? Outside of being a workaholic? You know, <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> I time to do anything else. Um, no, I mean, obviously for me, you know, I have a great family, my wife, my kids, and just being able to get some time with them, either it's on the water or going kayaking and paddleboarding or jumping on the boat, um, sitting at the beach, going for a hike. I mean, anytime I can get where the family's together um, with all of our busy schedules with uh, three teenagers, um, that's that's what I enjoy doing um, with, my, with my spare time that I have. I understand the hustle and bustle of being a parent. Um, I know you just moved to California, my understanding, right? At the beginning of the pandemic, or am I incorrect? You moved from cold weather to warmer weather. <laughs> yes, exactly. It was just a coincidence. Decided to do that right before the pandemic hit, but then the move happened during the pandemic. That was a crazy ride, and um, but we're happy where we are. You know, being in the in the warm weather, obviously, but you know, just getting out into the to the, the nature a little bit is nice. Thank you so much for Adam, so much for uh, going ahead and share that with us today. We have you being a guest on our podcast to talk about automation in the CX world. Um, you want to go ahead and tell us a little bit about what is C uh, the automation? Talk about maybe the key areas of automation. Yeah, sure, sure. And automation and AI is kind of are like the big words, buzzwords today. If you go back even a few years when cloud, just the word cloud, people are like, I want to move to the cloud. And you're like, well, what does that mean? That's a giant bucket. And before that, it was, I want to move to VoIP. And it's like, what does that mean? It's similar is happening with AI and automation in the contact center. I mean, there's there's many different areas that where you can implement automation and leverage AI within your contact center. And I like to, you know, categorize it with kind of the front door and the back door. You have front door automation that leverages AI where the customers are interacting and coming into your call center. So they're calling or they're chatting or their SMS and automation can answer questions, give them information, give the customer the experience that they need as they're coming in. And then you have like the back door. Right. The backdoor automation are things that help the agent be more effective in their job and help the business be more effective at addressing um, agents and their customers. So in the backdoor, you have um, agent assist technologies um, that leverage AI and automation. Think of them as as scripting on steroids um, is kind of what agent agent assist technology. And then you have advanced analytics that can basically give you insights into customers and into what your agents are doing real time, near real time at a holistic level that you can action on. And it's all leveraging automation and AI. So there's, there's these different areas of automation um, and it really depends on where the customer is and what problems they're trying to solve, what they should solve first, what they need to solve second um, to where they can leverage those technologies. You said agent script on steroids. That is a first one I have ever heard. Uh, and I love it. I love the analogy. I mean, we're, we're being big, we're getting, making things even better, efficient. Um, so you mentioned, you know, things being solved. So what are companies gaining in regards to implementing these new automations? 
and what problems are being solved? Yeah, so so it there's a few problems that are being solved, and it really depends on which of those four buckets I talked about: voice entry, digital entry, and then you have agent assist, and you have automation. Um, one of the main problems being solved is just personnel, right? In today's world, it's hard. If you look at the job market, it's hard to get people to do certain jobs and certain tasks. In the past, the technologies that didn't have this automation built in there, people had to throw people at it, right? Companies had to throw people to get the insights, to get the information, to build the scripting, to do all these type of things. Now, those people aren't re readily available. Um, they're turning over more and more. And so the technology can solve those problems, right? So it's the, the first and foremost, it's it's people. The the second is is just cost efficiency, right? So if you're, so so people are in two areas. One of them is can't get them, so leverage automation. The other one is can you leverage this automation to give you a lower cost per transaction for some transactions? It's not replacing people holistically. What it's saying is there's some interactions that come in the door, I call them the front door, that don't really need a person. But historically, people have answered that. What's the status of my shipment? Where's my order? All those type of things, whereas consumers today have accepted the fact that a, that a machine could provide that information to them. They don't need to talk to a live person. And really, it's the, it's the series of the world and the Alexas of the world that have driven consumers to accept the fact that they could talk to a machine get answer, get information, that's perfectly okay. So those type of things would so solve the consumer side where the consumers are like, I don't necessarily need to talk to a person. I'm okay with that. Five years ago, 10 years ago, people hated talking to the machines. First of all, the machines were not as good as they are today. The machines today you know, feel and look like people. Um, and, and to combine that with consumers' acceptance of talking to machines, it's really driven that that improvement in customer experience, as well as driving down costs within your call center. And I think as we, you know, you mentioned the ROI and you're mentioning cost. And I, I think, you know, this is going to pivot us into the next question. But I feel like that right now in the being at the end of the year budget season, we're in this uncertainty, uh, uncertain economic times, you know, what should companies consider when they're thinking to leverage their automation? You know, what are some some things maybe they should put um, number one on their list and, and maybe share some other items with us. Yeah, I mean, this is that's a tough one because every customer, when we go into customers and talk to them, every customer is in a different place in their journey, right? And their journey in terms of technology, the ability to consume technology, the ability to consume change, what have they already tried to implement? What's their staffing? So we typically go in and kind of analyze their pain points. Like, what are you trying to solve for? And sometimes customers think they're solving for one thing, but really their root cause is something completely different that could be solved somewhat differently. So, so that's the, the long answer of saying, you can't just say to a customer, this is what you need to do when you're thinking automation. But here's the one thing is, it is a journey. It's not a one-time event. So you can't, customers shouldn't be thinking, oh man, I'm just gonna put in automation and leverage AI in my call center, where's the easy button? Let me go ahead and implement that. It, do, it doesn't work that way. You have to be very prescriptive and say, where, what are the problems we're trying to solve? What are the ones that we can consume now? Which are the ones that may, because of how we're structured and where we are in our contracts, whatever, that we need to consume later? And then which are the ones that give the highest value, the lowest lift? You start to get benefits and you incrementally add to those benefits through automation versus this magic button that some people may think like, Customers come to us and say, 
I need automation in my, in my call center. You know, what should I, you know, what vendor should I go with or what should I do? And we're like, hold on, you, you need to figure out, you know, there's not this magic button of automation. So it's a journey. It's not a single event. Identify where you are in your journey, lay that out and, and increment, um, increment those benefits, layer automation to different areas, depending on where you are um, in, in, in your journey. I like that. It's a journey and not a one-time event. Um, so who can benefit from this self-service, this automation? You know, there's so many industries out there. There's so many uh, moving parts in this journey, as you just mentioned. So yeah, let us know. Who do you think can um, go ahead and yeah. benefit? So from a, from a vertical or type of company perspective, uh, again, I'll, I'll start with the front door, right? I'll start with the front door, which is, again, front door to me is um, voice automation, to, to bypass and never get to an agent or to do some work before it gets to an agent to make the agent more efficient or digital, right? So somebody comes in with a chat, never has to get to a human. That's what I get in the front door. Um, when you look at that, customers that have repeatable, like when they look at the type of transactions that are coming into their into their business and they, and they can bucket transactions into pretty large buckets, those are the ones that are really ripe for automation. Because they're saying, I have this ask 40% of the time or 20% of the time. You can craft the automation around that use case, tweak and tune that automation around that use case so that you can then all of a sudden, as you're, you start incrementing, you have 5% of those calls now get contained, 10% get contained, now you're up to the 20%. That interaction, customers are going to be, it's a, it's a basic interaction, customers don't care about talking to an agent. And those are the type of things. So any customer that has repeatable, customers that have highly complex interactions with customers, automation is less so for them, right? Because it's very custom, it's very um, hands-on interactions. You can still leverage automation to maybe do the authentication, some of the questions that agents have to ask just to validate a user. You can leverage automation that can drive your transaction cost down by 60 or 70%. So it still gets to an agent, but it, it, it triages certain things and asks certain questions ahead of time that makes the agent be able to flow right into their sale pitch or right into their um, problem of trying to solve versus validating. Who are you? What's your name? Let me, let me check on all that. The system can do all that for you. So, so that, that's kind of the front door. This, this, and the second piece of the front door is on the digital. I mean, really, Digital bots have become another term. It's like, oh, I need a bot. Bots are different types of bots. There's directive, then there's intelligent bots. Um, so people who are mature in their digital interactions, where they have a high level of digital interaction, they've already made that transition from I'm primarily a voice shop. I've already made the shift to where I shift a lot of people to digital. That's a perfect time for people to start um, layering in digital bots. Laying digital bots day one when you're when you're not used, your organization's not used to digital. That's a bit of a challenge um, for a lot of companies. And they think, well, I'm going to go to digital. I'm just going to go to digital bots. It doesn't work that way. You really need to kind of get your feet wet um, using digital. Then you can layer in bots. So again, that second type of customer is already made my transition. I do heavy digital. I can now layer in those bots. So there's just a couple areas. Um, I mean, obviously on the back door, um, there, there's lots of areas there, which I think are, um, uh, you know, the agent assist, the, 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 
the steroids, the uh, um, I don't think I've ever used that term before, actually, until this this meeting. It must be something about about today. I, I um, think this, this, you named this episode "Agent Script on Steroids." <laughs> but, but Agent Script on Steroids—that is that's a little bit more mature, right? That is that's that's a lot of change management within your agent community. So you really need to be thoughtful. It's usually not the first um, kind of automation that you're going to want to deploy within your organization. You can get you can get bigger lift from a few of the areas. But layering in agent assist into an organization would have to be the maturity of your organization um, and, and really identifying, are you ready to consume that? A lot of our customers are interested in it. And then when we dive deep into their organization, they're just not ready to consume that yet. And so we have to lay some groundwork in the operation to get them ready to, for that change management. You want to impact the agents the least in any of these automations and the front doors impact them the least in terms of change management. Um, anal advanced analytics and insights affect them the least. Agent assist affects them the most. Um, so you have to be really, really have a really good team and focus on on, on deploying that. I mean, it, it, it makes yeah. sense to me. I mean, you, I, I like to personally call AI almost the, the assistant uh, to the agent. Um, you provide the agent with the tools for success. They're going to be happy. They're going to provide great customer service. The consumer is going to be happy. And you're just, it's going to be that revolving door of this kumbaya of a uh, relationship between the two. So I think um, it makes a lot of sense. And, and just really briefly, do you see like internal teams, like maybe the marketing team find any benefits of using, and I say marketing because of course I'm all marketing, but you know, there are other organizations within um, the company that can benefit from the self-service and automation. I don't know if you want to touch about that just really quickly. Yeah. I mean, Marketing is a huge piece. That, that's really where the tie-in comes. That's really that advanced analytics. You know, it used to be, let's, if we back up, it would be, okay, marketing's running these programs or marketing's trying to say, how am I doing in the business? What's my brand awareness? How are people um, you know, consuming my product? Am I successful? And a lot of that data would come in through the call center because it's like, what are customers saying? What are they doing? And there was a lot of manual work to get information. And it took time. So maybe marketing would get that data 60 days later. You can't really affect a marketing program 60 days later, right? You need more real time. The other thing these these advanced analytics tools and quality tools would would only give you is you would only do like two or four or five percent of the interactions would you actually analyze. So not only would it take time for you to get the information, it's a small subset. What AI and a lot of the automation and the more advanced analytics and quality tools now is it's a hundred percent. It's near real time. You can automatically provide um, marketing the information. They can triangulate with any other marketing data that they're hearing in the market that's outside the call center, and they can have a good view near real time, right? Instead of 30, 60 days later, where they're like, hey, maybe next year I'll try the program better, you know, versus if you get it a day or two after the program, they can make tweaks to the program and tweaks to their marketing message. So it's really, really helpful for, um, for marketing. For yeah, sure. That two to five percent you mentioned, I know on Playbox side, you know, sometimes we say that two to three to uh, percent margin is very low. So, of course, when you bring in that AI in and you're getting a larger reach, um, of course, that's going to set you up for success. Um, so we talk about, you know, what 
the, the companies can benefit, you know, how can they uh, leverage their automation, but, you know, how can they build a successful, you know, c uh, CX system with leveraging it? You know, what tools uh, do they need to consider when they're leveraging it? So let's think about the tools. I mean, so when I, when, when people come and say, I want to evolve, we get, we get, we get hired to people say, I want to evolve my customer experience. I want to evolve how we're doing business in our call center and how we're engaging our clients and, and do this. The first thing is it has to be a commitment, right? The customer has to commit to this process because again, I talked about earlier, it's not a one, none of this is the one-time event, whether it's automation or, or, or any other technologies that are not automation, but enhancements to your contact center. Um, or or a people strategy that you're you're going to implement, it has to be a commitment because there is none of this. You press the easy button and everything works tomorrow, and then you go back to doing your business. It's a change. You have to you, you have to make sure um, that that you know you you have good change management and there's commitment from the leadership to for this to be a process. You'll get incremental benefits along that process to get you to your ultimate goal. Um, but there is no easy button. That's really how I, how I I leave it. But from a tools perspective, I mean, it, it's really about, and I and I kind of talked about it, right? The the technology that you're going to implement in there are there tools that enhance, you know, your your customer experience. And again, we're seeing agent assist technologies that you can plug in to to different um, environments. You see advanced analytics and quality that you can plug in environments. We're seeing that there's a best of breed concept right now right to say i have this system and what are the best tools i can plug into that ecosystem right to make it to make this whole thing work and the a lot of the providers the the core ccas providers have these open apis that can and have certifications with a lot of the core um specialty providers that you can plug in and you can mix and match if, if something doesn't work you want a different vendor here you can do that and work with the provider so again it's a, it's there's a lot of tools out there um, that can enhance the customer experience and drive self-service. Too much to probably talk about on today's call in terms of the number of, of tools that are out there. There's even knowledge base. Like I even have this third category that I call the side door, kind of the front door, back door, and then the side door. The side door are things like advanced knowledge base. One of the number one inhibitors to successful, maximizing successfully automation into your, in your call center or the front door is poor knowledge management. So you have you have all this information that's wrong. It's outdated, you can't find it, it's not readily available. So when you're trying to, you know, put self-service and automation in the front end, you need to have a good knowledge management system that works well with within contact center environment. You're not just a a, a standalone KB that's out there that's not really designed for call center. So that when a customer comes in that front door, it can pull that information and you can solve more cases automatically versus it having to go to an agent. Similarly, on the agent assist side, the agent assist side is tapping into customer sentiment. What are they saying? What's the most likely outcome that you should, because of what the, the customer said, agent, you should probably say something like this. But it also says you should offer them up this knowledge um, article. You should offer them up this piece of collateral. Um, and, and if people's collateral and knowledge management system is not up to speed or outdated or have poor API integrations, you cannot maximize that effect. So um, those are tools that I think are, are up and coming. They're becoming better and better. Um, and it's helping drive um, more kind of ROI on your on your automation. And we can have a whole separate 
podcasts on just updating your knowledge base. I mean, there's so many benefits with just doing that. I mean, you can increase your agent productivity, um, you get faster call re- uh, resolutions, you can reduce your training time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so yes, update your knowledge base very uh, regularly. Um, have that change management here in Playbox. Another uh, core value we have is change is good. Um, let's look at change as a positive aspect of it and not negative. Uh, so you t- you talked about it a, a bit in the beginning. You know, ROI. It's budget season, et cetera. You know, we're always trying to save costs. Like, what is the ROI high level of automation? You know, are implementing an automation, is it financially viable? Um, what are some solutions that you have seen? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And just one thing on the change management, I think is really important. I learned in my career long ago, someone told me this. It said, ch- change is easy, actually. The hard part and the scary part is that transition plan. Because you're here and you want to get here. And you know that when you get here on paper, it looks really, really good. But you're so scared of that transition period where you're learning and you're trying to get there and there's some heavy lifting that gets, but when you get here, it ends up being like, Oh my God, that was so worth it. So I always tell people change is not hard. Transition's hard, right? Transition's scary. And you just got to get through that little period of time of transition and you'll be happy with change. Now going to, um, going to ROI, right? So some ROIs, right? We, what we do with our clients is, hey, you're looking at automation, you're looking at this, you're looking at that. Let's run what that ROI looks like. Not total cost of ownership because cost is one thing, but what's the, really the return on investment from maybe an increase in sales, increase in customer retention, reduced cost from agent handle time, um, reduced cost from just deflecting calls completely. So there's lots of different metrics depending on what, on, on what challenge. When we talked about earlier, we identify the problem and then we say, can something charge? solve that problem in a, in a good financial way, right? Sure, just throwing money at things could solve problems, but then you have other problems, right? You got to spend too much money. So we run an ROI that says, based upon, let's call the front door, right? So voice coming in, how many minutes does it take you 10 minutes to, for this handle time? With automation, it's going to handle four minutes. Maybe it'll handle seven minutes. We run through the scenarios and we look at the actual time. Then you can, you run the math on if it costs you X, cents per minute to run, you've saved this many minutes. It could also be that we're going to offer up automatically within the um, a, a discount or um, a, an awards point. That'll drive repeat business. That'll drive customer loyalty. We have those factors into the R model. So there's there's a, a slew of, of, of ROI efficiency elements that we would look at depending on the customer situation. And sometimes it doesn't prove out. Sometimes you put it in there and that's the key is it doesn't always prove out, but sometimes there still might be other benefits other than financial benefits to put that in place, to put some automation in place. And that really comes up to the customer. So in short, many, many different variables um, go into an ROI. Some of our ROI analysis with customers are based on the customer's desire to, to improve on two variables. Some of them want to improve on 10 variables. And we'll look at those into the model and see if it works out and what they would need to do in order to get make it work out on the ROI. Adam, as far as where our listeners can learn a little bit about Inflow, do you want to go ahead and just share your website with us and maybe a little bit information as far as Inflow and the partnership with Playbox really quick? Sure, sure. I mean, good news is I think I have the sign up here, InflowCX.com. 
Um, and we're the combination of three kind of leading CX companies that came together and we, we, we rebranded this year. Um, and uh, so that's somewhere you can find more information. And obviously, look, Playbox to us is a, is a, is a key strategic partner. They solve a lot of problems um, for customers in automation as well as outside, right? Some of their product set is just more state-of-the-art, um, user-friendly um, tools that are much better than some of the old tools that have been in the market. Um, and we're having success in, in both those areas. And um, you know, I think our cultures match up, you know, trying to do what's right for the customer. So we're excited about the partnership and uh, I appreciate you having me on the, on, the, on the show today. Yes, thank you, Adam, so much for being on the show today. For our listeners that are listening to us, we'll make sure that we go ahead and insert a direct link to get you to the InflowCX website to learn more about them. Um, Adam, again, thank you so much for being here with me today to talk all wonderful automation. Um, I hope that we can cross paths again in our industry. I'm sure we will. Uh, again, thank you. Thank you to our listeners for being here. I am Vanessa Gates and everybody be a good human and I'll see you in our next episode. Thank you. Mm-hmm.